Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We've been friends for over 15 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing very well. We did 10... Well, you know what? I was going to bitch about how long it took us for, to fix the sound, but it's only been 10 minutes. It's not that big of a deal. No, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, everything's good on my end. I have a diffuser. You might be able to hear it in the background. This is new in my office setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it smells like wonderful peppermint in here. So. Oh, so those things work. And how long do they work? My always, my thing is, I'm going to get that, and it's going to last for 20 minutes, and then it's going to die. Wait, I don't think you know. So well, you put water in it, and then you Wait, put a couple what? drops of the stuff, and then it spits what? out this mist. This isn't like the Glade plug-in or something? Oh, no, no, no. So I have like an actual diffuser thingy, mm-hmm. and you pour in like a couple inches of water. There's a line. Don't go over the line. Okay. Then you could put in drops of like the oil stuff. So I bought like this pack of oil that has lavender, peppermint, (sighs) and you can buy them on Amazon. Like what all crazy kinds of smells. You put in the the drops and then it spits out mist. Um, And you, if you put your hand on it, it just kind of feels like a little cool. Yeah. And it spits that out in the air. It's brand new, so I don't have a lot of feelings about it. But uh-huh. and how does it um, smell? You smell things, and yeah, it smells smells nice and clean in here now. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I, so I do the. I've told you before how I do these like weird patient surveys, and I get Amazon gift cards. Yeah. So I got a thirty dollar gift card, and that's what uh, I used it on. Was I bought this? I ended up paying I think like three dollars. So it was like thirty dollars. Uh, $33 for the, the diffuser and the yeah. oils. So wow. there you go. Oh my God. It's crazy. Um, that's, that was, so there's my, uh, personal story. All right. <laughs> kind of. Is it really? <laughs> no, I, oh. I have one story. What's up with you though? You know, I, I had my stories all set for today. I had, you know, there were gonna be two podcasting stories, but then something happened today. And I've decided to just meld those two podcasting stories into one big long podcasting story. But talk about today. I'm, I, I, oh, I always go in, in chronological order. This time I'm not. Okay. Cause I wanna save the big one for last. So my friend Sonia comes over today and I go out to the door and I greet her. And, and I'm staying in a house right now. It's on a very busy street. Okay. okay. And she goes, Oh, you have a guest. And I go, What? And I look, and right up, the house is, like, right up against the street. So, like, right up against the wall of the house is, like, a homeless man just sitting there. Like, almost like a statue. Like, sitting against the house, five feet from me. Doesn't ask me. Doesn't look at me. Doesn't acknowledge me. Just sitting there. And he's, like, super homeless looking. Doesn't bother me. Okay. Right? Just sitting there. Surrounded by his things. I'm like, oh. A lot of things? No, but things, okay. yeah. Like if he had to run, could he grab it all and run? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It wasn't like a truck. Yeah, no. So uh, I'm like, oh, all right. So then she comes in and I close the door and we have our little hangout meeting or whatever you want to call it. A couple hours later. You know, well, as the meeting's winding up, she says, uh, what are you going to do right now after this? And I go, I don't know, grab some lunch and... Photoshop some pictures. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, she goes, oh, okay, well, adios, you know, and Lee, and I walk her out, and he's just sitting there still. Like, in the, Mike, almost to the point I think he's dead, and I was staring at him thinking, maybe he's dead, but he, his, mouth, his stomach was going up and down. He's just literally just sitting there like a statue. Sitting, not like leaning on sitting, something? Sitting, no. Or? Well, leaning his back up against the wall, but no, sitting on the ground. Okay. Like cross-legged or? No, feet out. Okay. And she like leaves and she's like, are you okay? Go, yeah, but I just, it's just weird. He hasn't moved or anything. But like not bothering anyone Not either. bothering anyone? No. Yeah. Doesn't, acknowledge, doesn't ask me for anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, bye, Sonia. And she gets in her car and she leaves and I just like awkwardly, he's only like, like under 10 feet from me. And yeah. I go, just like, I don't know what to do. So I just walk back inside the house and close the door. So I come inside the house and I do my thing. And then um, I go, well, time for me to go get some lunch. Right? Okay. And then I walk outside of my car. He's still sitting there. Same spot. Same spot. Now my car is closer to him. I'm like three feet from him when I get my car. Okay. And do you like watch him the whole time to see if you can make eye contact or... It would be impossible. He's like staring at the ground. Like it's almost like he's asleep but with his eyes open. It's really weird. Okay. So I get in my car and I back out and I drive off and I go and get some Jack in the Box. Very healthy meal. Right? Yeah. And I come back and now I have my bag of food and a giant drink. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, oh, this is super awkward. Yeah. You know? So, like, I just park the car, and then I, I what I do is, because my driver's side of my car is next to him. Like, fa- he's facing my driver's side. I put the food on the passenger... Oh, my God, Mike, this is so complicated. I put the pa- the food in the passenger side of the car, but I don't want him... I to don't know. see that yeah. you're eating? So then I go to my trunk, and my, like, he's, Mike, he's sitting right there. Okay. I go to my trunk. I get one of those like shopping bags, uh, and then you walk around to the passenger side. Then I walk around to the passenger side, and then I carefully put uh, the food and the okay. soda in the the shopping bag. Yeah, and then I don't know why uncooked food to me is like that's better. I'm still coming back with food, right? So I uh, go inside. I take it inside. And I he's, Mike never moves. Doesn't look at me. Just still doing the same thing. And I eat my lunch, put on a podcast, eat my lunch, but then I'm feeling super guilty. Okay. So then I go outside, and he's still sitting there. Yeah. And I get in my car, and I go to fucking McDonald's, and I buy some food, and I just put it by him. He never acknowledged me. Mm-hmm. And then walk inside the house, and that's the last I know that maybe he's eaten it. I don't know. So he's outside the house right now. I'm assuming so. He hasn't moved. What if when you dropped the food, he was like, I-, I hate to bother you, but are you on a podcast? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say he said, like, I hate McDonald's. Oh, no. <laughs> He's like, I don't like McDonald's. It's so weird. Like, the what you're kind of coming up against is, like, we've gotten really good at just, like, ignoring homeless people. Yeah. And, like, it's hard to ignore them when they're that close and in your space, you know? I know, like he, but, but but by the way, he wasn't like a tenderloin uh, homeless person where he yelled at me and told me that mom, right. you know, Hitler fucked my mom or something. He wasn't asking for anything either. No, just right. for a little space against the wall of the house. Now, at what point does it become a problem to you? Like, is he cool just there until, you know, forever? 
if I walk out at night and he's still there, I might be kind of scared. Yeah. But there's double doors in this house. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. There's no need you, to be. You feel gonna... safe. You're not. Yeah, as long as I never leave the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a, there's a, in downtown Berkeley, I pass a homeless man. Um, well, I pass, I mean, a handful of homeless people. I've told stories on here before about um, some of them. But there's one who had this, like, pit bull um dog Mm -hmm. and he was really nice and he would wave and the dog was nice and um he was in the same spot all the time and he we would acknowledge one another i mean i would see him pretty much every day of Mm -hmm. the week uh weekdays and sometimes on weekends walking by with steve and um just all of a sudden he was gone and he used to stay in the same area by this bookstore that had a nice kind of like overhang and he wasn't bothering anyone and um it just kind of was where he lived and all of a sudden he was gone and then the day after i saw uh flowers and somebody put up a little sign that said like we miss you chuck and i was like oh shit like i think the this guy died or something so i looked up on you know the berkeley newspaper trying to find any details because the berkeley paper a lot of times writes up about um, homeless people who die, they don't necessarily, um, have photos of them or anything, but they make a, they make a deal to like acknowledge it when it happens and, um, nothing on him there. And, uh, there's a person I know from the gay bar who actually works at that bookstore. And he, on his Facebook wrote something about how tragic it was that the guy passed and he hopes the dog is in good hands and all of this. Right. So I'm like, oh, how sad. Yeah. Um, two days later, he's back and his dog's there with him. <laughs> so I don't know the actual story, but it looks like, you know, like he probably just like left and then maybe someone along the line assumed and then that assumption just made asses out of all of us. Yeah. So I was mourning this guy and I was like, man, I wish I really talked to him more. And now he's back. I'm like, oh, good. And like, that's it. Not going <laughs> to. I love that that uh, I love that I I've never spoken to this homeless man. I don't know anything about him, but we now have some sort of tacit agreement that whenever I buy my, you know what, this might be a way for me to lose weight because it would be so expensive. To yeah, buy <laughs> buying for three actually because I'm buying for two when I just eat myself. But like, uh, I'm buying for two, you know. So like, I'm like, ugh, it's gonna cost me a fortune to go get a two tacos at Jack in the Box. This TV show flipping out. Do you know that with Jeff? Lewis, I think his name is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, on maybe season two or three, he's remaking a, a hair salon for some some hair guy in L.A. And part of the remodel uh, had to do with um, – it's a reality show, by the way. If you don't know, it's based on uh, this guy, Jeff Lewis, who's a interior designer. So they're doing this remodel, flipping a house, so to speak, and the – property had a homeless woman that lived on it but they didn't even know for sure if it was a woman they had had a homeless person that lived on it and part of the deal was he had to make sure the homeless person had what he or she needed that was interesting for some reason this reminds me you're of it you're just like yeah i'll let him be it's not bothering me not bothering me but until but i'm telling you fucking that sun goes down if he's not gone i'm fucking there's I don't know what I'm gonna. He's just imagine if I come back at night. I'm going to dinner tonight. I come back and he's just sitting there. And it's like night. hasn't moved. Hasn't moved. 
Is there any way and to eat? What if the cheeseburgers are still there uneaten? Yeah. Or the cheeseburgers have doubled. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I'd, I'd like it's weird because like he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. He tech he's on the property though, right? Like you yeah, have, yeah, 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 yeah. You could if you wanted to just like call up the cops and have someone out there, yes. they would come. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry, Joey, but <laughs> people have bigger by <laughs> double hamburgers. Yeah, on my fucking multi million dollar house that I'm staying in on the ocean. <laughs> Your life is really hard, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I went to Seattle this past weekend. Oh yeah, how was that? Did you go to that Good. fish market? For, well, okay. So listen to this. So I show up in Seattle. By the way, I have nothing but good things to say about the event I spoke at. Um, every person I met was wonderful. They were all great. Um, so when I show up, though, uh, I wasn't speaking in Seattle. It was like at this um, – I don't <laughs> – I'm not from there. There's like a lot of islands and sounds. What's a sound? That's a thing. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, that's a good question. I've never wondered what is – like Puget Sound. What is that? This It's like – I think it has to do with like maybe the number of entrances. Like, what's the difference between a bay and a sound? I think I don't it's know. like it has something to do with maybe like the number of entrances or exits. I'm not sure. But John, anyway, John Arts opening up his laptop now. The place where I went was um, at this resort. It was like in the. It was kind of secluded. It was nice, right? Like it was um, in the wilderness, so to speak, and um, it was great. But to get there, I had to get on a ferry. So. I'm uh, ferry. I ferried over. I had time to burn on my way back. So the event was on Saturday and Sunday. Sunday, my flight didn't leave Seattle until like 9.30 at night, but I was done with everything at 2 p.m. So I uh, had somebody drop me off in the city of Seattle, and uh, I talked to a few people. There's a light rail. It'll get you right down to the airport. You'll have no problems, Mike. It's going to be so easy. So the plan was I would stop and see that stupid chewing gum wall. <laughs> I would see... Wait, what's the chewing gum wall? I don't know about this. There's this wall where everyone just puts chewing gum on it. It's like... Uh, just Ew, a it's wall, disgusting. And there must be... Wall the, of chewed gum. It must be covered with gum. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and I was going to see the original Starbucks, and I was going to see this Pike's Place Market, right? So I get dropped off um, on my way there. The person who drove me over was like a Seattle native. So she was like, you should see this. You should see this. And then walk this direction and turn right and go up a block. Like she told me everything, right? So I get dropped off and it's, um, I would say like three o'clock by this time, maybe. So I thought, oh, I could get in a couple of sites, get one good selfie at this Pike's place, right? And then get on the train and go to the airport so keep in mind i'm dragging around a suitcase so i'm in the city doing what i do and it's it's raining but i guess that makes sense if you're from seattle but it doesn't make sense to me there it's raining nobody's using umbrellas and my luggage is just getting wet so eventually i just stop under an overhang and i'm like uh i went to a starbucks uh, I actually had to change my shoes. So I went to a Starbucks because I had opened my luggage. It was just a big ordeal. By the time I got my shoes on and got my uh, coffee, not the original Starbucks, just like a random Starbucks All right. near near the original Starbucks. Probably like, probably, I can't imagine who would go to this one if they have the original huge Starbucks, but maybe that's too but much. But you didn't go it. to the original one. 
Yeah, but why would you go to this little hole in the wall Starbucks if you have the original Starbucks right there? But my thought is maybe it's too much of an amusement park and like sometimes you just want a Starbucks. You don't want to go to a museum Starbucks. I don't know. But anyway, I, I stop and get a drink. It's raining. I'm mad because I, I don't want to get wet. I don't want to just to get a picture in front of this thing. So <laughs> I just called a lift from right there. And I got in a lift and went to the airport and sat at the airport for hours. <laughs> oh, you didn't you didn't walk around Seattle? No, I did very, very just I saw the gum wall, but I was like concerned about the rain in my shoes and all this. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to change my shoes and then I fuck it. I'm leaving. Steve, Steve, actually, when I told him the story, he was like, you should have just went into like the Marriott and checked your bag. Because they would have, they totally would have done that. You could check your bag any hotel, and well, I could, yeah, I could have checked my that. bag at a front desk and then walked around with, you know, I would have got my jacket wet, but that would have been okay. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want like all my stuff, my computer, my yeah. all, my clothes, all, all my stuff getting wet. It just was yeah. too much, too much for me. Um, but I came home. Everything's fine. Everything was great. <laughs> but you were dry as a bone. Yeah, but I ended up spending like five hours in the Seattle airport, which Doing was what? interesting. <laughs> well, nothing. I got a book. Um, I was actually really tired too, so I even closed my eyes a little bit. But um, there you go. That's my exciting Seattle story. Seattle's beautiful, though, Joey. Have you been? Well, I imagine the airport's beautiful. You were there for five hours. Uh, no, I've never been. I've been to Vancouver, which I like a lot. Oh, Vancouver is just really across. Nice yeah. But um, I wonder because I know it's still another. It, it's probably this. You know what's so funny is to me Seattle and Vancouver are right next to each other. But I think it's like like a three hour drive. I don't think it's like. Yeah, I think it's a couple hours. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly, but but to like, me, like the same city, Seattle, and Vancouver. They just like you could just like Buffalo into Niagara Falls, or I don't know what it is. I think Buffalo's right across from Toronto, right? I don't know. I don't know. I listen to this one podcast. It seems like they're always going over to Toronto. What do you have any other personal stories? Oh, you do. You do. You told me you had. Two. Okay, so let me ask you this question. People should know who listened to Catching Up. I was a guest on a podcast called Grant's Rants. Did we comment on that last week? Uh, I don't know. Why don't you can remind me? Because I don't remember. So. Oh, you don't. Did you listen yeah. to the episode of Grant's Rants that I was on? No. Okay. So there's a guy named Grant, and a friend of the show, Jay Ellis, had said, hey, I'm friends with this guy named Grant. He has a podcast called Grant's Rants, and you should be a guest on it. I think you would be a good guest on it. So I'm like, eh, whatever, right? So I go on this Grant's Rants, okay? And I have a bunch of stories about that, but who cares, right? You know, it's hard to park. Who cares? You know, uh, setting it up. Who cares? Doing the podcast. Listen to the fucking podcast. I will say, though, and I'm not offended in any kind of way. You know, Grant really wants his podcast to be around an hour, so he edited it a lot out. Yeah. It's one of these things where I'm I'm not offended by the edits. I don't understand the edits, but it's his fucking podcast, so he can edit however he wants. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. So I'm just like, oh, he took that out but kept that in? Well, sometimes, I mean, you edit, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, this whole chunk is easy to just cut out. This would cut out an entire three minutes. So you just do it, not because it's the best chunk to cut out, but that it's the easiest, quick chunk to just Oh, really? Um, I don't know. Here's the deal. 
I don't, I, 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 I don't know if Grant, I know Grant listened to the show to prep for the interview, but I don't think he's going to listen again. Sure. And, um, but did you guys talk about, um, catching up? We did. How, oh. okay. That's a really good, that's a good point. We did talk about catching up and I talked about you, but then he strangely edited out, um, a lot of the you conversation, which you're, oh, no, but then later I reference you as if we've talked about you, but there's no point of reference to it. Like I just, yeah. I just say a guy named Mike in the, in that world of the listener. Yeah. And, uh, so we did talk about catching up. Um, he was actually very interested in talking about catching up. He doesn't like RuPaul's drag race. He had no interest in talking about RuPaul's drag race. Wanted to only talk about catching up. And, um, like, no, I did a, I, this is my guess. This is my guess, okay? I feel like Grant is very concerned with his image, which again, look, he has every right to be concerned with his image, right? And so there were some moments of the podcast where I was a little teasy about certain choices he's made, okay? okay. Like, for instance, he hates Barbara Walters. Okay. Okay. And so I pushed him, like, wait a minute, you're saying if Barbara Walters called you to offer you a job, you'd say no, like that kind of stuff? And, uh, like, those kinds of questions, and he took a lot of that out. So that was weird. Like, anything that was, like, challenging him a little bit or, um, yeah, it was really, really strange. And so I think he has a very certain image he wants to present of himself, and so anything that didn't fit that image, he took out. Right. Grant's Rants. Yeah, it's Grant's Rants. So in it, he also, you know, he is a huge super fan of friend of the show, Larry Flick. Oh. And so he mentioned this on the show. And we have a conversation about Larry Flick. I say a lot of nice things about Larry Flick on the show. I will say, in a very jokey fashion, you know how I am. I'm like, I don't know. I meet all these fans of Larry Flick. I'm like, who is this guy? You know? Yeah. So... We have the conversation. And Mike, he's like a huge fan of Larry Flick. Like, he's one of Flick's chicks. I call them now. <laughs> the Flick fans. Uh-huh. Flick's chicks. So, after the show, I'm trying to be a big shot now. I've said all these things. I'm like, I know Larry Flick. Meanwhile, I'm going to want you to know something. It's 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Larry's on the East Coast, so it's 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Okay. Okay. Which is weird because it's 4.32 right now. Oh, how weird. It's so weird. Because when you said it, I was like, he's talking about his story. But then I looked at the clock and I was like, I think so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. In in the story, it's 4.30 p.m. Okay. on got Sunday. Got you, got you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I say, you know what? It's still 7.30 over there in New York City. I go, let me tell you something. I know this Larry Flick. He's a friend of mine. I'm, I can get him on the phone right now. Okay. And I call. No well, answer. We should... We should mention, I think a lot of people listening, you know, Larry Flick is from Sirius XM Radio, Entertainment yeah. Weekly Radio or something. Yeah. One-on-one with Larry Flick is what his show is called. Larry Flick is the host of One-on-one with Larry Flick, live every day at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, only on Sirius XM, Entertainment Weekly Radio, Channel 105. Okay. Got you. I, go, I know it's Larry Flick. Got his number in my phone. I can call him right now. You're a big fan? He would love to talk to one of his fans. I'm going to call him. Sure. So I call him, no answer. So I text Larry, because I'm leaving soon, right? Uh-huh. I'm going to ask you a question. If I texted you, Mike, and I said, call me back ASAP, what does that mean to you? 
Um, I think it means you need to talk to me right away. I think, I mean, depending on what I was doing, I mean, I, there are times when, you know, text me back ASAP or call me back, you said? Yeah, yeah. So call me, call me back ASAP. So I just hate getting on the phone. I would be, if I were in a place where I would have to remove myself to talk, I think I would text back and say like, do you really need to talk? Okay. But. So. I'm guessing Larry didn't call back. Well, I'm walking out the door. Okay. I see that Larry's called. I didn't hear it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so you missed the call. Now I missed the call. So then I okay. call Larry back and Larry's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah. And I put him on speakerphone. Yeah. And he goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? I go, Larry, it's your friend. I have him on speakerphone. I go, it's your friend, Joe Batance. I'm I'm here with like the world's biggest Larry Flick fan. Mike Lawson, the longest silence you've ever heard in your entire life. Well, he was rolling his eyes. It's like like, like a jackpot machine. (laughs) You know, like those uh, one-armed bandits. What are those called? Slot machines. Yeah. So, Mike, so long. And uh, I look at Grant, and he's just like, oh, no. And so Larry's like, is everything okay? Because you said this is an emergency, and so uh, I don't know why you'd say it's an emergency, so why you'd call me right now? And I go, hey, Larry, I'm with a big, big, big fan. And he's like, so what's wrong? What's the problem? Why are you calling me? Remember when Larry used to like our show? And so Grant is like doing the like Grant's doing like the slash across the face like get out get out get out you know like I'm, I cut it out no no I go Larry I'll call you right back yeah so I hang up and Larry, Grant's like oh that didn't go well and I'm like uh, I go whatever right but that but inside I'm like oh I'm so much fucking trouble okay <laughs> I walk outside and I get this lecture from Larry Flick where he's like. ASAP means it's an emergency. I was asleep. I thought you were in trouble. I like got up because I have to wake up at five in the morning and I called you back. And and meanwhile, he didn't hear. So when he was saying what's wrong, that's when I said it's the world. He didn't hear me say that's why it was silent. He was waiting for me to answer his question. Oh, he didn't hear any of that. Remember when Larry used to like us in our show? Oh, Mike, I know. It's going to get worse. Because <laughs> actually, so the next day I talked to Larry, and we have a big, this is on Monday, right? Yeah. We have a big laugh about it. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And he like goes, you know what? I didn't know that. I'm going to text a nice message to Grant right now. Which, by the way, this Grant threw me under the bus on the email back to Larry. And he goes, Larry, I have to apologize. You know, I was mortified that Joe did that. I was like, okay. All right, queen. All right. Okay. So, on that phone call with Larry, you know, it's the day we're recording RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, on Larry's show on Mondays, the Monday after each uh, episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, we, I go on Larry Flick, and I, we, myself, and I'm on a panel, and we recap the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, okay? Yeah. And it's usually myself, this girl Jamila, who's Larry's producer, this guy Michael, who is a PR guy, and then this guy Sergio, who is an editor at Harper's Bazaar. And he's been there the longest out of everybody. He's been with Larry doing these forever. Okay? Okay. So Larry says, hey, listen, um, I need you to get there early for a couple of reasons. One, he doesn't like that I'm getting there. I, I get that like right when the show starts or something. Yeah. But he's all like, but we've also have having, like, the, the time they have us in the studio is so tight that he wants to make sure everything's set up. Okay. 
Sure. So he's like, I need you to get there early. So I'm like, you got it, boss. Chief. Right? And I go, I'm going to get there at 1130. Right? Meanwhile, by the way, on that Grant's rant, when I, you know, that whole episode right now we had with Larry? Yeah. Larry goes, you're the, don't become the boy who cried wolf. Because if you say something's an emergency, I'm not going to believe you anymore because you said this was an emergency. By the way, does ASAP mean emergency to you? Yeah. I can, I understand where he's coming from. All right. I, I get, I mean, ASAP means like, drop what you're doing because I need to talk to you right now, which you were, tr- you were kind of saying that, but you meant it, like you didn't mean for him to wake up, right? So when he saw no. ASAP, he thought, drop what you're doing, wake up if you need to, Joe needs me. But you didn't mean that. If you knew he was waking or sleeping, would you have wanted him to get up? No, no. To me, as soon as possible means, hey, when it's logically possible, if you can talk, call me. See, I think emergency means emergency. I think the difference between what you're saying and like, I feel like what you were trying to say is call me when you can, which is different than call me ASAP. Yeah. ASAP means like right now. I think what I meant to say was if. You're on a phone call right now with your husband, which he does talk to his husband on the phone. Uh, when you're done, call me. Or if you're free, if you have a moment, call me. Uh, it's not just, this is not like a chit chat session. I have a purpose. Yeah. All right. So then I go, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave Malibu, get to series in time, 1130. Mike, leave Malibu. I'm in by Sirius at 1130. Okay. And I'm driving up. I'm like, this is, oh, this is great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes, Mike, because one of the things I bitched about is the valet at the serious office building is horrible. I've sometimes been there as long as 15 minutes waiting for the valet to take my car. Yeah. Once again, first world problems. Yeah. And your life sucks. <laughs> Wait, you waited for valet for 15 minutes? Well, yeah, but then I'm late. I'm not. I've, I, I've yeah. not really ever been late to serious. There's been. A Meanwhile, somebody's missing the bus and is hours late. But <laughs> Mike, the valet is late taking my car. Okay. Okay. So then, um, I, I I go to you know I, I'm approaching serious, and then all of a sudden I see all the roads around the serious building, <laughs> like a moat almost. Yeah, barricaded <laughs> police. Everything. And then I see people with all these flags. Mike, they're having this Armenian genocide parade. Okay. In front of, like, it's taking up half the city. I can't get close to Sirius. Okay. I can't get close to it. So you should text Larry and just say, I texted Larry. Hey, actual emergency. I need you to call me back. No callback. Oh, Joe. Joe, Joe. Why'd you use emergency, though? It was an emergency this time. Why? Could you park and run in? It was I had like, to park, like, Mike, three L.A. blocks away. L.A. blocks, not like a little block in your neighborhood, like long-ass blocks, right? And by this point, by the time I find parking, in a very illegal spot, by the way, mm-hmm. okay, it says permit only, I go, fuck, it's a serious emergency, and I mean it both ways, <laughs> all right? A serious XM emergency. A serious XM emergency. So I just park. I go, I don't have to fucking take my chances here, right? Yeah. And I fucking 
waddle my ass over to Sirius now three Mike and then I have to go into the building go through security go up to the um, elevator and then meet with the producer and then she puts me in I have to sign some paper it's a whole thing right yeah I get in the seat my ass is in the seat like one minute before the show starts okay okay so like I don't even have time to talk to Larry Larry are you there I'm like yes he starts this show immediately reads me He's like, I talked to Joe, and now, you know, told him to be here early, but of course, he's not early. And I'm like, ugh. Like, I didn't have time to explain to him, you know, what happened. Yeah. So then, the sh- but have you ever done this where you have to go into a meeting or something, and you're like, you're literally like running in. You need, you, I, I want to be early just so I can center myself. Sure. So I can put my shit down put and my like shit look down, around. Look like- around. And I just get focused. I'm literally running in and then just like, oh, let's talk about RuPaul's Drag Race, you know? Yeah. So I sit down, and this week, Jamila, who's just gotten married. Mm-hmm. I like her a lot. Like her a lot. Not there, because she's on oh, her honeymoon. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Yeah. Then Michael, for he's moving. So he couldn't be there this week. So it's me, Larry, and Sergio. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. Now, Sergio has been on the show ever since I've been on the show doing RuPaul's Drag Race. And he and I actually get along. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we have like this, I guess you would say, funny banter. Like you tease one another? Like we tease one another. But like once again, and I'm going to say this, it's going to sound really dicky. And I don't think, and I don't mean only comedians know how to tease someone. What I'm saying is comedians yeah. through trial and error often learn how to tease sure. someone. Practice. Through practice. But also just like, it's a skill you have to have. Otherwise... You know, yeah, when when a, when you rip on someone in the audience and it doesn't go well, it's, you, the audience turns on you. I've seen it happen, okay? And it's yeah. probably, it, you know what? I'm sure it's happened to me. It has sure. happened to me. In fact, quick aside, one, uh, the last time I ever performed real stand-up comedy at an improv comedy club, there was an old lady sitting in the very front row, and I won't even repeat the joke, but I made a joke at her expense, and it was got it got a huge laugh. Huge huge laugh but she looked at me with such pain in her eyes like why did you pick on me sure you know that i it's it's haunted me for years since i mean it's the last it's not the only reason i stopped doing stand-up but it was like i don't like this you know help yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so you just learn through trial and error how to do it and i feel and i you know when you were in stand you know on stand-up i used to have jokes that made fun of myself and so people took that as a license to walk up to me at the bar and say horrible horrible things to me i'd be like sitting there and be like what's going on you disgusting fat fuck and be like sure. whoa i don't even like who i don't know you yeah well we've had similar stuff on this i mean people feel like they can talk to you as if they were your friend because they've listened to you for years on catching up I mean, we've had problems like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Where people just come at us wrong. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. They think that, that, and I get that. There's an intimacy to this medium that I actually love. It's what I love about this medium. There's an intimacy that feels like you and I are actually their friends. Sure. And, and a lot of them, I mean, because of that, we have become friends with a lot of them too. Yeah. A lot so, of them sounds weird, but a lot of people we've met through this. Which a is lot awesome. of the little people, Mike. We've befriended. <laughs> we've blessed them with our friendship. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. And so you're saying that you felt like Sergio was maybe doing it wrong. 
Well, so Sergio, even I think he's always done it wrong, but it always was harmless. It was just sort of cheap, easy jokes about, oh, uh, you're Mexican. I can't wait till you're deported and um, go be deported. And so in response, I would make some dumb joke about how like, well, thanks, Sergio, for you. and Oh, Sergio's Russian, by the way. I'm glad you and Putin got Trump elected. So you're America now or something like that, right? And the only other joke really I ever make, and, and again, if anyone disagrees with me, go through all the old episodes and fucking get the receipts. The only thing I've ever said to Sergio are really like the Russian jokes when he attacks my heritage. Or, I'm going to say attacks my heritage. I, I, I don't, I'm being honest. When he makes fun of me for being Mexican, it might bother some people. It might bother my cousin who, for those of you who are new to the show, I have a gay cousin who's a week younger than me and gay, but also super Chicano. And he would get really offended, I'm sure. And like storm out just for one of those jokes the jokes really don't bother me because they're harmless right so um but whenever he makes those jokes that's when i do the russian stuff but most of the time the jokes are like hey because sergio really does kind of have a hot voice you've heard him right i think his voice is yeah. kind of sexy yeah and so i'm like oh look with sergio i'm gonna go i'm gonna when i go to new york i'm gonna date sergio right so it, again for most of this season, he, he wasn't on the first few episodes of the season, but for, mo- for last season and All-Stars, he was um, he was just fine, right? That's, that would be the extent of it. Um, he, the first episode he was on, Jamila and Michael were there. And I think I made one of those jokes. And he said, oh, if you were here in New York in front of me, I'd, and you're so ugly, I'd throw up. And Jamila and Michael went, oh, that's horrible. Why would you? And he apologized. Right, and I just sure. stayed quiet because I was like, okay, well, it was handled on the air, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Jamila and Michael weren't there today, or the on Monday. Mike, Michael, or wait, you're Mike. Mike, yes, he came at me so yeah. fucking hard. Like there were several times. So this, so the show has two commercial breaks. Uh, so there's three segments. Segment one ends. Commercial break. Segment two. Commercial break, and then segment three, and we leave. Okay. After segment one, I was like, so sure that, I mean, it was so horrible. And I would like, so what happened was like, at a certain point, I just stopped contributing because I was like, this is so bad. I'm just, because there was, there was a point where I just wanted to storm out of the studio. Right. Okay. And I was like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. But I go, you know what? That's not professional. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to still try. I'm not going to let on that anything's wrong. Like. Like, be like, what? I'm just going to, like, but I'm not going to, like, I didn't want to put myself out there because I was afraid it would just bring on more attacks. So I just would only answer the questions when Larry asked me a question. Sure. And I would. That that makes sense. Yeah. And I would even, I even proposed questions. It wasn't just me being like, no. Like, I would have a discussion. And there was even one point where I asked Sergio and Larry a question, you know, I furthered the conversation. But I was just like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to do some banter. I'm not going to try and be funny. I'm not going to do anything this, this week because this is really bad. But there were certain points during the commercial breaks where I wanted to cry. I think I texted you. Dur- so out of the bag, I was messaging with Mike Lawson during this. And yeah. I think I texted you during the show. Like, this is awful. Like, this yeah. is like, I felt under attack. And, um, and so when I, I wanted to cry at certain points, because here's the deal. Here's my perspective. And guys, yeah, like, I don't want to say that. So here's my perspective. They, Larry and Sergio are in a studio together in New York. So 
Larry can gauge Sergio's um, body language better than I can. Yeah. And so he, he, no, I'm not saying that Larry did anything wrong, but what I'm saying is the, his perception, this may have been the case, was that Sergio was just kidding. Like maybe that was a smile on his face or, you know, like a wink to, I don't know what was going on in that studio, right? So I don't think Larry was, you know, he didn't hear the audio, okay? Yeah. He's looking at it, which is a different experience. It's one of the reasons, actually, little behind the scenes and catching up, why Mike Lawson and I don't use the camera because I learned this from Terry Gross. Terry Gross rarely does in-person interviews and she only does them audio only and they don't see each other. And her right. thing is, is like it, you get a more authentic view because they don't, they can't use body language. Yeah. We are just like Terry Gross. Yeah, we are. Well, you're Terry. I'm gross. So that's a Sergio joke. No, yeah, it's a Sergio joke. But, so, so I, I get what you're saying. I do. I'm I'm not trying to defend that at all. No, no, no. I I mean, it's certainly possible too. You were in kind of an emotional headspace, and so it was harder for you to kind of laugh it off. Is that? Do you feel like you were extra emotional at all, or? I may have been. You know, there's, there's a couple of things I think that went on. That I think I think I felt like I was in trouble, so I was already vulnerable because yeah. I was. If I had been early, maybe I would have been in a better headspace. But I remember feeling like, oh, I'm in trouble. And Larry did seem annoyed, sure. not angry. He just seemed annoyed because in okay. his head he had just talked to me about this, and then here I am, showing up exactly the time I usually show up. So I could. So maybe I was a little vulnerable because I felt. Uh, you know, like that. But I'm not going to lie. I mean, I mean this. So one of the things I actually talked about this on Grant's rant. So that's why it all ties together. Um, Grant's rants. <laughs> is, Does he say that? No. He oh like my god, out? Mike! Oh, please listen to the show because that's a whole other discussion okay. we can have. With Grant's rants. So everyone should go download. By the way, everyone should go download Grant's rants. Okay. Okay. It, and we have a lot to discuss on that Grant's rants. Okay. But when Grant asked me about the show, he thought, do you want to promote catching up? And I said, you know, actually, I don't. I mean, I gave the information out, but yeah, I thanks, said, Joe. but I said, I go, you know, the thing with catching up is it's become my personal journal. Yeah. And I feel like our audience is very special. Like they get us. It's not the kind of show where like, I'm like, yeah, go and tell your friends, listen to Catching Up. It's like, sure. You, you have we to, almost don't even care. I mean, we of yeah. course care about the people listening, but we don't like, we don't do anything special to promote stuff anymore. Like it, in the beginning, yeah. we kind of were like trying to make connections and do all that. And now yeah. we just record once a week and publish it. <laughs> I like, I feel like it's kind of, and if you're listening to the show, you're going to feel very special. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is my business podcast. Yes, I want to get that audience as big as possible. Okay? But when I'm doing Catching Up, it's sort of my sanctuary, and it feels like you guys that are listening, it's like my family. And it's like not everyone can join my family. Like, if you want to come in, great. You're welcome, yeah. You're welcome. You you do the homework, and you're welcome here. Okay? But what I mean is, like, you know, like, we have a wonderful listener – uh, Shy Yeti, who is for I have no idea why, going back and listening to all the old episodes. And when people do, I'm always like touched, also shocked, you know, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> yeah, but like to me, it's like you have to want to be here. I'm not. Right. I'm not going to try and push you to be here because to me, it's my personal journal, and you're hearing. 
you need to be invested for it. So, yeah. like a lot of times, this is the only time you and I talk in a week because well, we save stories. Not, not from my trying. Mike ignores my calls. <laughs> but for real though, like even when we do actually talk, I mean, you started to tell me this. Um, the Grant's rant, Larry Flick connection stuff, and then you're like, you know what? I'm gonna save it. Yeah. So I didn't hear that detail until just right now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think I was feeling a little vulnerable. I think on Sergio's end, I feel like uh, I think this is. By the way, this is all speculation. I feel like Sergio was a little offended because on RuPaul's Drag Race last week they did Kardashian the musical. Okay. And I have a big problem, a big problem with the Kardashians. I'm not going to get into it here. I'm actually going to do a solo RuPaul's Drag Race recap show. So if you want to hear my thoughts on the Kardashians, download that. It'll definitely be out by the time you hear this. And um, But I have a big problem with the Kardashians, and I let it known on the show. And I was a little harsh about it. I really do think that they're an awful <laughs> representation of American culture. And... He was like, well, you know, because he works for Harper's Bazaar. I just worked with Kendall Jenner in Paris, and she's a hard worker, and she's really nice. And I was like, I don't give a fucking shit. I don't give a shit that you work with Kendall Jenner. I think yeah. what she represents, she could be the hardest worker ever. But I think so she do you represents think he came thing. at you because of that? that yeah, because I sort of feel like these sycophants, and he's in fashion, and I think fashion's a very, very disgusting, gross, super unaware of how much the world hates them industry. Right? They don't care. That it's all visuals with fashion and they don't give a shit that people hate them. I don't think I don't think they're unaware people. I think I think fashion industry feels to me like people who are in this club and they think everybody is jealous that they're not in this club. Meanwhile, it's probably like there is a fraction of people who want to be in that club, but it's not most of America. Most of America is like, no. But they think everybody is. I don't know, it's super weird. And Sergio's super proud that he's friends with Madonna and friends with Sarah Jessica Parker. And I'm like, okay, can we please be friends with someone who's been relevant in the past seven years? Which Larry's going to be offended by that because he's friends with Madonna. I don't give a shit. Here's the thing. That's what I was saying is I'm going to say what I feel on this show. And I'm not mad at Larry. In fact, that's a whole other story in a second. But the thing is, is... I felt like, and this is what, and I'm, by the way, I'm going to say on a scale of one to 10 about what I'm going to say right now, I'm a one. But in terms, I really did feel, and it must be, and it's in fact, the thing that is 10 times worse than what I'm feeling. But imagine these women who were sexually harassed by like Bill O'Reilly or um, any kind of sexual harassment or workplace harassment. I, I feel their pain a little bit from the, the, the one tenth degree that I did because you know, like if you're Bill O'Reilly and your career, like he hits on you. I'm talking about the Bill O'Reilly case here. He hits on you and you rebuff his advances. That means your livelihood. I don't make any money from Sirius XM. I make zero dollars. And the benefit I get from Sirius XM is ego and uh, the listeners do a podcast that I get no money for. Okay. So I don't, my livelihood doesn't come from uh, Sirius XM, but I do enjoy doing it. And the, I felt helpless because I felt I couldn't fight back on the air because I was at risk of losing this gig on Sirius XM Radio. And that's an awful feeling, even though it meant nothing to me. It's, I don't have to feed my family based on it. I don't feed myself based on it. I don't have to feed the homeless man based on it. You know? I, but I felt like, oh. And even so, so then afterwards, I, was, I just felt frozen. I felt trapped. I felt like a prisoner. I felt like I couldn't fight back. Like, I couldn't say on the air... 
All right. Well, you don't have to go there, Joe. <laughs> okay. I might bleep that out. I'm so, not going to. I didn't say on the air awful things. I could have said, and then you say all the awful things. <laughs> like, you've just done it. Okay, I'll take that out. But the point is that, and by the way, everyone who's hearing this, it was so fucking funny. Anyway, um, the point is, though, I felt I couldn't say that. I felt trapped. I felt like that's why I felt all I could do was cry. I couldn't. And even afterwards, I talked to Mike and I said, Mike's advice was very good advice was take a day. Well, why don't you give your advice? I, I told you to write it down and sit on it for a day. That's it. And then you could edit it before you actually send it or call and say it. Yeah. That, that was it. So your feelings were captured. But the emotion could maybe be edited to the proper place instead of the you, because when you were feeling those emotions, they were intense, and mm-hmm. maybe that wasn't exactly what you wanted to communicate. Well, so what I decided to do is take your advice and then call Larry Flick <laughs> immediately. Immediately, so I call Larry Flick and he answers, and I, and he's very very sympathetic, and he's like, "I'm so sorry." Okay. And now, did he recognize that it had happened, or was he almost surprised, or? Were you telling him news when you told him that, of your feelings? I think it's somewhere in the middle. I mean, only Larry could speak to this. The sense that I got was, I knew the show was off. Larry. Larry knew the show was off. Didn't realize I was so offended. Okay? He thought this was just the regular banter between me and him, but could tell I was upset. Sure. Okay, but didn't know why. So, uh, so that's fine. And then I, all I want, I'm so upset. All I want to do is just go home and go to sleep. And as I told you, when I get upset, that's all I want to do. So I go home and go to sleep. And in the meanwhile, Larry has texted me and said, you know, I hope you're okay. And again, is super apologetic. But meanwhile, call, I know. Call me just... back ASAP. And you're like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I know by this point, it's, you know, it's like 630 on the East Coast. So he's asleep. Yeah. And so now it's the next day. Okay. And this is where it gets tricky again. This is why this is so fucked. Right. This is why being in this scenario is so fucked. Is. Now, I'm supposed to go to DragCon this weekend. Oh, right. And For uh, f- representing Sirius. Representing Larry's show at DragCon, which he's doing. Yeah. He, this, is, and this is Larry being nice. He knows I like to go to this stuff. And he said, let me help you get there. And, and again, super kind of Larry. All right. Sure. You got a press pass? Got a press pass. Oh, thanks good, to good, Larry. Good. And Cool. And he's going to set, he, he's supposed to set me up with Sirius XM to give me the sound equipment to record the interviews with the drag queens. Right. And his producer was supposed to do it before she left. I don't know if it happened or not. So now it's Tuesday. I haven't heard anything about the sound equipment. So I text Larry. And uh, by the way, I said Larry Larry had written to me. So I I responded on Facebook to Larry and sort of in words told him how I felt. I'd slept on it and told him how I felt. And again, I got a very nice message. But now I have to write him again. And now I'm asking for something. Okay. And he's like, and by, I'll just leave it at this because the story is really long. Is ever since then, I've only gotten very terse answers from Larry. There's Larry's usually very affable and like, like let's talk. When can you talk? And uh, da, 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 I get these long answers. Now it's, he's me on the show. I ask a question, he'll answer the question, that's it. But again, this is why, and I'm not saying Larry's doing this, it's only a day or two later. It Maybe he's super busy. He told me he was super busy yesterday. But regardless of whether that's true, is this, is, this is not speaking to the specific case here with Larry. 
regardless of whether that's true, when you're harassed on the job or when you feel threatened on the job or you go through this scenario on the job, again, once again, again I make no money from SiriusXM. And Larry could take, with all the rights he has, uh, just disinvite me from the panel. And he would totally have the right to do that. But here's the position I'm in. Even we're, Even if Larry's super busy... What happened on Monday put me in a position now where I'm always worried about what people are thinking about me. Does that make sense? Now I'm worried, am I saying too much? Because I knew it then. I said it to Larry on the phone. I go, the fucked up thing, because he said, let me talk to Sergio. And the fucked up thing now is then Sergio's going to be, oh, well, now we can't talk to Joe. Now we have to, like, like I just now I won't talk to Joe at all. Now I won't joke around with Joe at all. You see what I'm saying? It's always all or nothing. It's not like maybe I shouldn't call him fat and a loser and uh, ugly. Like maybe I shouldn't go there. Everything else is fine. Maybe I should, I, maybe I should have a conversation with Joe and find out what the boundaries are. No, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be dumb. It's gonna be dumb. And now I'm even to this day I have anxiety. Like oh well, I pissed off Larry now too. All because I was attacked, and that's what's fucked. And that now you understand what women go through, or people who are of color go through, or or anyone who feels like not threatened physically, but they were put in an uncomfortable position on the job. Because if you say anything, you're seen as the problem, and that's and that's a terrible feeling. And I, you know what? To be honest with you, the one thing I'm lucky about, well, no matter what happens, it's serious. Is that I'm glad I learned this lesson on something as not like I don't have to live on this. So I've learned sure. this lesson. Sure. So anyway, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, that was a long story, Joey. I I like saying you don't need it and you're willing to walk away is cool, but like it feels a little burnt bridge burning. And if that's oh, okay. your intention, no, 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 just... no, no, no. It's not my intention. I'm not saying. Look, if if Larry didn't have me on the show, I'm not. Let me. Re- okay, okay, thank you for asking that question. I'm not saying, fuck you. I don't need this. That's not what I'm saying. I would be so hurt if I wasn't on there. Yeah, that's not what this is about. Uh, what I'm saying is, this is really. I'm trying. I've been trying to keep it to how I've felt. During sure. this. Does that make and sense? You've done a good job of saying I felt, I felt quite a bit. Yeah. So so, I, I recognize that. So what I'm trying to say is, it, I, no, I would be so horrified. I guess what I'm trying to say is not, I would be just as devastated if someone lost a job that they got paid for. Yeah. What I'm saying is, where I'm fortunate is. You won't miss rent because of it. Yes. The stakes sure. aren't as high. I recognize, just like with having the valet, it's serious. <laughs> the complimentary valet. Yeah. That. Um, that there are people who have real problems, and that's that's what I'm. The point I'm trying to make is I'm so fortunate that it's something that while it's very important to me, you're right. I, it's not. I'm going to lose my my kids won't be able to go to school, or I can't yeah. make my car payment or my house payment because you won't, you won't I, be hooking. <laughs> yeah, I won't be uh, hooking uh, because of this. It's but so I'm lucky in that the stakes aren't as high. But still, it still means something to me. But the stakes aren't as high. Yeah, I get that. Okay, well. Well, I support you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, real quick, I had this one real fast story I wanted to tell you, and I wanted to see what you would have done. Um, Lyft 
No, no, no. Uber. It was an Uber. I never take Uber, but Steve gets these cheap Uber, this cheap Uber deal. Do you know yeah. the story? No. I already told you this. Um, it was something where he paid like 20 bucks and then for like the next 20 rides, anywhere he goes, it's $2.99. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're starting that in LA too. Mm-hmm. So he did this and you have to use them within a certain amount of like time. Like a month. So he's getting close to it. So he's like, hey, uh, instead of calling a Lyft to get home, let me just call you an Uber. It'll be two ninety nine, right? So he did this and I go downstairs and what's annoying is... While I'm walking downstairs, Steve texts me and he's like, oh, here's a text from the Uber driver. And he screenshotted it and it said, good evening. I only work in Berkeley and Oakland. If you're going somewhere else, please let me know and I'll cancel at no charge. Okay. So no problem because I'm in Oakland and I'm going to Oakland. So everything's fine, right? Mm-hmm. And then Steve texts again. This is all before the Uber driver even gets there. He texts again and it says, uh, he texts one more time, screenshot. If you're under 18, you cancel. <laughs> so that's from the Lyft driver to Steve mm-hmm. saying that if you're ever. Then another one, Joey, three texts before I even get in the Uber. If you're with a child that's under eight years oh old or four feet nine inches without a car seat, you cancel. <laughs> no. Right? So all this happens. And I was like, well, none of that applies to me. I'm following his rules. This will be fine. Yeah. And. I could tell he's like a weird person about like rules and stuff. So when I got in the Uber, he was like, Steve. And I just said, yes, because I thought that would be the easiest thing to do because mm-hmm. I i don't want to fight this guy. I just want to yeah. go home for two ninety nine. So I say, yes, we get on the road. And he says, I'm not sure if you got my text messages. Meanwhile, he's pulling up my address on the app to yeah. see where to take me. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know if you got my text messages. And I said, I did, but it's no problem. Just going to Oakland, going home. It's on the Berkeley border, but you said Berkeley, Oakland. We're fine, right? Mm -hmm. And Joey, it takes about probably like 12 minutes to get from Steve's house to my house in an Uber. Yeah. Maybe 20 in in traffic. Uh, Why did we talk about nothing except for people that make him leave Berkeley and Oakland? (laughs) Like, he couldn't stop talking about it. He was obsessed. Like, to the point where I'm like, maybe this guy's like on the Asperger's kind of spectrum yeah, or something because yeah. he was like obsessed with it to have texted me three times before i even got in the car right yeah so that was that was pretty much one story that i reserved and i could have got into it a little bit more with how crazy obsessed he was with it telling me stories of people that made him leave oakland it was weird um but uh basically he's in the wrong profession right not only that you should report him oh i didn't well first of all it's not my app it's steve's app but um, Steve said, should I give him a negative review? And I said, well, I feel like he might be like Asperger's-y or autism or something. But he shouldn't be doing that. I mean, he's dealing with the people. Like, well, it's kind of like the guy sitting in front of your house. Like, what? There's no harm. No, there is. This has to do I, more with I like had a- to hide my McDonald's. <laughs> Jack in the box, please. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> um, I got him McDonald's. Oh. So, um, no. Um, and, you know, I have... A lot of insight into this. But when you sign up to be an Uber driver, that's there's fucked up things about being an Uber driver and there's great things about being an Uber driver. One of the fucked up things is you could, in theory, go anywhere. Yeah. Now, I will say he will cancel if you're going to go whatever. It, it's bad if the driver cancels. So over the, br- over the bridge is a thing here. So in the East Bay, a lot of drivers want to stay in the East Bay. Or in San Francisco, a lot of drivers want to stay in San Francisco. So when you get, 
when you call an Uber or a Lyft and you say you're going across the bay, sometimes they're not happy with that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're in the wrong, but there are three people involved in this contract. The driver, the passenger, and the company. Yeah. Though there be Uber or Lyft. That is a problem that the driver needs to settle with Uber. But you shouldn't be involved. It's not in my that. fault, right? He's right. I don't understand why these companies don't keep people in. And like, if you're yeah. an independent contractor, you should be able to define what areas you want to work in and drive in, and the, definitely the app can handle that. Sure. And Uber and Lyft go to great lengths to hide that from the drivers. That's why he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- that's not your problem. That's his problem with Uber. Well, I got home, and he yeah. was nice about it, but. <laughs> Um, do you have, like, we're at an hour. Should we wrap things up? Do you want me to do, I have three news stories. I could do one. I have to do one news story each. I'm going to read three headlines. You pick one, okay? All right. Number one is this big BART robbery that's um, making big news up here. Second is low-income Bay Area. I'm not reading the headlines. I'm reading my Trello notes. And then the third one is Ann Coulter Berkeley? What was the first one? Uh, BART robbery. It's a takeover robbery. Done by a group of young, young Wasn't it the people. 60 passengers one or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to do that one. Okay. Uh, Bart robbery, 40 to 60 teens. What's going on? Nothing. Go ahead. I can't hear. Oh, you can't? Hold, please. What is it? The newsroom behind us. Oh, it sounds like you have a f- like the washing machine on. Nope. It's the newsroom, Mike. The, you know the newsroom that we're sitting in right now? Bart, takeover robbery. 40 to 60 teens swarm the train, hold up riders. Bart, police are beefing up patrols at Oakland stations after dozens of juveniles terrorized riders Saturday night when they invaded the Coliseum station and com- com- commandeered at least one train car, forcing passengers to hand over bags and cell phones and leaving at least two with head injuries. The incident occurred at 9.30 p.m. Saturday. Witness told police that 40 to 60 juveniles flooded the station, jumped the fare gates, and rushed to the second-story train platform. Some robbers apparently held open the doors on a double-bound train, and others streamed inside, confronting and robbing, in some cases beating, riders. Uh, one of these, uh, BART police said it's been 24 years that he's been on the job and he's never seen anything like this. Um, it's kind of one of these stories, it's getting a lot of press up here. Um, I think cause there's some parts of the story that are interesting. The, the number of people, 40 to 60 mm-hmm. running into a station and doing robbery, that's huge. Right. Um, but also like how many times have I just been sitting, I've been sitting, waiting for the train to go at that exact station. Like, Oh really? Yeah. Very easily. Could have been me easily. So um, what would you do if it were you, like, in this 40 to 60 teenagers came in? Just give them my shit. What would you do? I, I can't think of anything else. Are they hot? Do. But also, like, that's super organized. Like, for 40 to 60 kids, young people, to show up at a place at the same time, like, that's organized, right? Yeah. So um, they appear to be minors, according to the images that are on the surve- surveillance videos. Um, none of the surveillance video stuff has been released yet, I think, because they appear to be minors. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much the story in a nutshell, but it's making a, it's getting a lot of press up here. Have you heard about this? Well, you knew the number, so you must yeah. have heard about it. I didn't, see the, I didn't uh, read the story, though, when I saw it online. 
But uh, I did. Uh, I saw it when it came through the wire here in the newsroom, and oh. I, uh, I I saw it. But I thought that was kind of crazy. Yeah. In a weird kind of way, I kind of wanted to see it in real life. I don't want to get robbed, but I kind of yeah. wanted to see it in real life. Seven people were robbed. That's actually not that many. So how much are they really making off of that? Well, if you think of a, if an iPhone is worth, you know, I don't know, twenty to five hundred dollars, give, you know what I mean? Like, a, I guess they could make quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's the luck of the draw. I don't know. So they didn't even get on the train. That's a weird. Well, they didn't uh, take the train anywhere. They jumped on. People held the doors. They robbed. Then all of them left. So they exited oh. the station. So they didn't even stay on the train, which would have been interesting. But the good thing about the 60 people, too, is there's no, there's no way any... You'd have to have a team of cops, because they would just all disperse. I'm not even trying yeah, to get in a fight. They would just... You might get one. Con- yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'd be confusion. I can't imagine that this story is done, though. I mean, if you have 40 to 60 people, there are people that are talking. There's probably folks bragging. This is, you know, this this isn't over. We're gonna hear more about this. I feel like we're gonna catch a few of them, and I, I can't imagine Bart police is out. The Bart the Bart police are probably super interested in making sure they kind of make a uh, an arrest on this. I would guess. Okay. So, what about you? What are your news stories? What do I get to choose from? From? No, I'm gonna read one. Oh. Okay. Uh, one is about this guy, Joe Bray Ali. He's running for um, city council in Los Angeles, and he was making race anti- racist and anti-fat people comments on like a Reddit-like website. Okay. And then the other one is about this uh, former Miss Orange County who pled guilty to possession of child pornography. Um, you pick. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't care. The, um, the racist, uh, racist one. All right, hold on. Let me pull this off the wire here. Me, 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 Mike Lawson. LAS has learned that Joe Braille, the small business owner and bike activist giving city council incumbent Gil Cedillo a run for his District 1 seat, is the author behind several provocative online posts on a Reddit-like online forum called Vote. As recently as a little over a year ago, Bray Ali made comments on a racist forum as well as comments on a forum devoted to mocking overweight individuals. Bray Ali has confirmed that he made the comments in question and apologized for their content. He also deleted all his comments on vote sometime late Tuesday night or every er- or very early Wednesday morning. Joe Bray Ali's blog spot, Brage Against the Machine, was scrubbed... <laughs> was scrubbed a few days ago. The remaining post is dated April 20th and it greets what Bray Ali calls Gil Cedillo's opposition research team... I'm sure you've already copied what you need to slime me, it reads. Enjoy the rest of this political race. I know I am. Braille's Reddit account, meanwhile, has been... deleted. So, um... Mike Lawson, your thoughts on, uh... I kind of love this story. I don't love that he's involved in these things. Mm -hmm. But I... This is a news story that I knew was going to happen or I've seen kind of evolving. I can't wait till it gets to like the president, but you know what? It might not matter anymore. I don't know, but like we're we're at this place where like now people have digital footprints, right? Like you're going to start to see more and more people that have like internet history that 
is not so easily erased that's going to kind of help us judge character. I can't wait till we have a president who had a Facebook account in high school. And, you know, what does that race look like? And are, should you be held accountable for things you posted online 15 years ago? Like, where does that line draw? All of that is so interesting to me. I don't have tons of opinions about it. I just really am excited by that kind of story. Mm-hmm. And so this excites me for that reason. But I did have to bite my tongue to not make a joke about um, the a racist person fat shaming somebody and saying maybe she should get a job with Larry Flick on the series. <laughs> Larry, <laughs> I bit what? my tongue. I didn't say it. Larry, it out. Mike said that. <laughs> um, total joking. Total, just joking. Do you think um, Larry hates me now? No. Well, here's the here's the um, the litmus test. If that's not the right word, but or term. But if he hears this, he still is a fan of you, and he's listening to our show. If he never hears this, he's done. <laughs> Right? Oh, I see what you're saying. That he's still listening because he likes our show. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's yeah, a good um, call. So, wait, what was the dude running for? I kind of missed that. City that Council. Of, of what city? Los Angeles. Oh. And he's. He hates- I feel like he's toast. You can't be in Los yeah. Angeles saying racist shit. Like, literally, I took out the word. Like, like the he's on like R and. I'm not R. Like, the Reddit equivalent. The subreddit, but there's not Reddit. The subvote. For the N word, that's the name of the sub the sub vote. Uh, <laughs> so here, my gut says like yes, he's toast. But then also just a second ago, I was like, I can't wait till we have somebody who runs for president and something gets leaked about him being an asshole. That'll kill him. That that'll show him right. But then look who we have as a fucking president. So maybe maybe that shit doesn't matter anymore. Maybe you can be awful and you can represent people because people are awful. I don't know. I don't know. I think the thing is, and this is where, like, I, I actually, I'm not saying that you did this, but it reminds me that there are people who are like, well, Trump won, so clearly America, no, Hillary was almost up by three million votes. It has to do sure. with the sort of unique nature of no, our electoral system. I know we, maybe, I know that's not maybe, what you were saying. But. I, I, I agree. I didn't say that, but I, not that I'm defending somebody who might say that, but it's not necessarily the point like, oh, shit, Trump won. He got, give or take, 50% of the vote. Yeah. Like, it's not like he got a small point, a small percentage, and then the Electoral College, you know, pulled it out for him. He got half of the vote, give or take. What I don't get is, to me, objectively speaking, even, objectively, not even subjectively, objectively speaking, this Trump is just eating shit the first hundred days. And you see this poll came out that 96% of the people who voted for him would still vote for him. And he's still extremely, his ratings among Republicans is still very high. Yeah. Well, it's craziness. I mean, if you look at like polling data also on different issues, like is the, what are your feelings on the economy? The economy's in good shape, right? Before the election, just before the election, Republicans, their approval or their um, the percentage of Republicans that said that the economy is in a good shape, small. Right after the election, high. Same thing with like, what should we do in Syria? Just because the president is different, opinions change, which is just blows my mind. It's bullshit. But then I I see myself as a person that calls balls and strikes, and so even if it's Democrats, I think it's bullshit. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I It's harder for me, though. I, I understand kind of... I don't know. It's harder for me. I, 
I'm not like necessarily a party fool that you know agrees with everything the party says just because the party is saying it. But I don't know. Their arguments tend to their, their arguments are proposed in a way that seep into my brain further than an argument by somebody on the right. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, I'm glad we ended on politics. <laughs> What, uh, what do you got going on next week? Anything next exciting week, you want to tell me about? dad's birthday on Saturday. Oh, happy birthday, Joe Sr. Uh, I'm going to DragCon this weekend. Oh, happy birthday, Joe Jr. Well, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm going to DragCon. <laughs> we'll know next week if I went to DragCon. Well, look, here's the thing. I have the press pass. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to have interviews with the drag queens. I'll just say that. Uh, then, um, so DragCon... Uh, uh, the Johns invited me to some Japanese documentary that starts at 11. And I was like, oh, John Paul tells me, this is a documentary, Japanese documentary. And, and he goes, it's at 11. I was like, oh. <laughs> but I'm going to try and I'm going to try and see if I can do it. That's so then, late. Yeah. I fall asleep in movies all the time. I know. And if I, a movie starts at 11, there's no way I'm staying. I know. I wait. know. And especially I'm doing drag con all day and then going to a birthday party and then coming back. I know. It's, it, it sounds rough. Um, also, I have a couple of announcements. One, make sure and download me on Grant's Rants. The Grant's Rants. Grant's Rants. It's the one that says, because by the time you guys hear this, there'll be another episode out. It's the one that's about, um, Katy Perry's Frappuccino. I think okay. that's one of the first stories. So I think it's like episode 57 or I don't know what it is. Around there. Look for Katy, Perry, for Katy Perry's Frappuccino. And then also, if you are, if you love listening to podcasts and you're an avid reader of fiction, can you please email us at guysatcupodcast.com? I may have a favor to ask of you. Thank okay. you. Uh, cool. So, Joey, I have nothing going on next week. So, I my last day at my job is Friday. Oh, there's going to be a party? Are you going to go to lunch or anything? No. It's weird. It's so weird. <laughs> um, so, no. And so, I start a new job Monday. So, um, next time I talk to you... Or next time we record, yeah, that's anyway, true. I'll have started a new job. When people get this in their uh, headphones, then uh, you'll be starting a new job. Yeah, we'll publish it on my first day of my new job, May first. So, cool. Well, it was nice chatting with you, Joe. Nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.